wants to jump. 1,000 cars. Sir, you have a 1,000 cars. I don't think I'd attempt to try this stunt. Or we, we owe this horsepower to Uncle Sam. <laughs> Too many cars. Car. You know, roses would be... Uh... Like, I put my beer belly on it. Yeah. And you can't immediately tell somebody how many cars you have. You'll really give those uppity yuppies something to think about. Stay on the bar. Don't go yeah. off the bar with your Bronco. 1980 Volvo horns, what's right? Like, me, me. Yeah, the man's coolant. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I thought it'd be small. It's for a small car. And I'm like, yeah, but it's, it's still an automatic transmission. They're never going to be light. It's definitely going to have to crash. Starting off with Brad buying another car. That's the West. <laughs> Internet. You know, is this a Nigerian oil print? Uh, I also wish you drove a tan Camry. Anyways, anyway, that, that's har- a horrible, very horrible podcast content. Very inside joke. Welcome back to another episode of Auto Off Topic. How are you, Brad? Andrew, I am exist. I'm existing. All right. Fair enough. Yeah, it's been, um, we'll call it a long week. And okay. it's only Wednesday. So I, I won't bore you with the details, but I'll tell you that it's been a lot. So here we it's are. Wednesday lemon. Yeah, exactly. Nope, it's uh, it's been it's been a week. So uh, hopefully, I am alert and with it throughout all of this. Sometimes it's for you. You forget when you start a new job, and then when you've been at that job for a short period of time, and the person who hires you leaves, and instead of hiring somebody else, they put you in that hiring person's role when you haven't learned even the basics of the business yet. Um, it's a little tough. It's a little tough to get through. So uh, I've had some long days this week trying to figure some stuff out, and uh, I would still be there if it wasn't for coming home to record this podcast, Andrew. So you're welcome. Sink or swim, man. Sink or swim. That's 100% where we're at. It's definitely a, uh, uh, yeah, I don't even want to say I'm swimming. I'm, I'm, I'm not sinking or swimming. I'm maybe taking on a little bit of water while trying to tread. We'll see what happens. <laughs> It's just you, you, you walk into a new place and you're trying to learn the systems and nobody shows you the systems. And then everybody who knows how to use the systems is automatically like is gone. And then it's just you and a few other people trying to figure it out. It's a uh, it's been a thing. It's been a thing. So hopefully I'll have a better time the rest of the week. Let's just put it that way. Or else by next podcast, I'll be asleep the whole time. Might be an improvement. Oh, I mean, I'm, I I have no comeback. I <laughs> I had I had a comeback, and then I didn't have a comeback, and I don't have a comeback, and I'm sorry. Well, I haven't really done much car stuff because we it was my son's birthday last week, so we did his birthday party on Saturday. So it's kind of doing that all day Saturday. Force him to do car things. No, we we did just stuff in for the birthday. Okay, but, I like it. Um, He's three this year, correct? He is three. Time is flying. But it was cool. Um, one of Stephanie's friends just got back from a vacation in Japan. Okay. And she's like, I got something for Marco. And I'm like, I'm like, all right, cool. What is it? She's like, I got these. And she pulled out two Tomica boxes. Nice. 
<laughs> so one is a second gen Montero and one is a Japanese police car. Oh, so she knew what she was looking for, too. <laughs> yeah, it, it was funny, though, because like he saw like he didn't even bother. I haven't even opened the, the police car one. He was like, whatever. That one's dead a truck. I'm into it. All right. I like it. And it really is, it, too. It's a proper second gen Montero. What color combo is it? It's silver with the blue stripe, so it's like an exceed, but it's a narrow body flare. It's not because I don't think one sixty fourth exists of the box flare truck. Uh, they do not. Is it a Tomica Premium or a standard Tomica release? I think it's a standard Tomica because it's it's ba- it's still a toy, just okay. a nice looking toy. It has plastic. Right? Like, the, tires like the door is open. Yeah, it's plasticky. Yeah. If the door is open, it's the standard one. Yeah, I'm like, he's fine with it. It has like very generic looking like four spoke wheels, probably, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's the the basic one. I have that too, I think. Pretty sure I do. I know I have the third gen, but I think I have that one too. Anyway, I thought I did, but I'm a little jealous because I don't. So I'll have to get one. (laughs) You'll have to pick one up. They're hard to get, honestly, because like we buy the the premium diecasts and you can justify buying it on the internet and paying shipping cuz it's nicer. Yeah. But I mean these are the equivalent of like a Hot Wheels car. And by the time you get one to your house it's like $10 for a standard Hot Wheels car, so Yeah. I don't have that many unless I've like found them at random places. So there were there was for a short period of time that they were selling Tomicas at Walmart. And they had a few different ones a couple years back, but Overall, they're a little harder to get because there's no like standard U.S. distribution. So but that's cool. I'm a little jealous of them, too. I want somebody to go to Japan and bring back some Tomicas. I like it. Very cool. Yeah. And I got him a Bruder truck. OK, we do. Uh, we talked about Bruder trucks in the past, I think, but maybe they're one sixteenth scale. OK, I think. Yeah, that sounds right. I think they kind of vary a little bit based on what kind of truck it is, don't they? Like yeah, the but they're pretty scale. Okay. The excavators are like pretty big too. Like the dump truck's big. I know it's they're pretty a big. Mac dump truck. Yeah, it's got a plow on it. Oh. He's pumped. Oh, you, I, I sent you the video. to use that one. Yeah, I saw the video <laughs> of him getting that. Yeah. It's a dump truck? Yeah. <laughs> so. So. Very good. That's Very good. that's what I've been doing. And then I went down to. So um, you're saying that you had a third birthday party. Not not not. Marco. I did. I did. Yes. <laughs> uh, I went down. I finally made it to one of the revival motoring donut meets this year. Finally. I mean, there's only been two. So I'm glad you made it to one. I think they did one in March, I thought. Or maybe it rained or something. Uh, maybe they did. I don't think many people went to that one because it was cold in March. Yeah. Well, it was finally like a really nice day. So I sure. um, took the Q45 down there and in luxury. And uh, the car's pretty nice. I'm like, it's a very nice car. Maybe I don't get rid of it, but I'm like, I need the space is really what the issue is. The, the problem is it's a nice car, but you don't need it because if you want something that's fairly comfortable and hauls the whole family, you have the Montero. And yeah. it doesn't really have a use case beyond that. Like, it's not old enough to be, like, super interesting for, like, a car show vehicle. No. Um, but it's also not new enough to just be your only daily for the family. I mean, it's a fairly modern car, and it's probably very safe. And I'm sure the kid's seat fits in the back just fine. But 
Yeah, it's kind of like one of those weird use case cars. Like for you, I don't think it fits. If you didn't have the Montero, then I'd be like, yeah, you should probably keep that car. But the Montero is your like vintage-esque family hauler. So it's also cooler looking. It is cooler looking. I mean, you could make the Q45 cool looking. And if you're going to hold on to it, you'd have to lower it and put wheels on it. And then I'd have to VIP it, wouldn't it. Be, it wouldn't be as comfortable anymore. I know. That's and the problem. It would, it'd be way cooler, but it would lose its use case. So if it's I had a cool place though. to keep it, I would definitely do that. But I, I, it has to stay outside. So it's kind of annoying. Correct. Correct. You just need more garage. That's all. I do. We all do. But I'd rather replace it with like an old Volvo. So, yep. I don't know. And there's more of a use case for that because you don't have an early like chrome or aluminum bumper car. And that's uh, as our our friends at, you know, the Driving Hall Awesome podcast say that adds a different level of sense of occasion to the car as being an earlier car. So I think the right move is to get rid of it and pick up a Volvo. So we'll see. I think the Montero has more of a sense of occasion than the Q. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. I think especially with the minor modifications you've made to it to kind of make it more than a soccer round vehicle. Although a, a guy, when I pulled in, was real into it. I was yeah, like, you sale. He's like, oh, I don't really need it, but I like it. Yeah. <laughs> did you like, do yeah, the uh, for sale sign? I didn't, but he ah. was like, man, I haven't seen one of these forever. I'm like, yeah, they're getting kind of rare. They yeah. are already rare. Yeah. They are already rare, one hundred percent. I don't see them even out here. You know, the the, the I see more G twenties out here than I do Q forty fives. Well, the that was what they were cheap, and that's what sold. Sure, and they're simple. So over time, as Q forty fives became used cars and repair cost went through the roof, it became a junkyard car versus a G twenty, which was able to run poorly on three cylinders for a long time without worrying about it. Or it's cheaper to fix in the end. So, And as we know, if you're not a handy car enthusiast, owning an older car can be quite expensive quickly. So I think you and I were just talking about a car off air before the podcast. We were reading an ad online for a 76 BMW 2002 that the spec on the ad said it had $4,000 in recent cooling system work. And we're both sitting here going, cooling system in the 2002 is literally a radiator, an upper and lower hose, and a water pump. Like, what possibly could have cost $4,000 to do? But it's just that somebody doesn't know how to do it. They go to a mechanic, mechanic charges what they want, and there you go. Now you get a $4,000 cooling system in a 2002. So, and just amplify that by 100 with, uh, with a Q45. So... I get it. But was it a good show otherwise? It was a good show. Our buddy Chris was there. Excellent. So did he bring the him for a Rory while? pickup, I think? He did. Excellent. Excellent. Anybody else go that we know? Or just um, the guys and Yeah, the um I forget his last name. Matt. You, you met him at Radwood. Sure. Uh, Wood. Matt Wood. That's it. Yeah. Matt, Matt, Matt Wood at Radwood. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. He says Volkswagen there, I assume. He did. And he was, uh, I talked to him for a little while and he said he was going to 
over his buddy's house. He's lowering it, so it's lowered now. It is. I saw pictures of but it. Tonight. It's cool. Yeah. yeah. Those wheels and his lowering. Yeah, it's got like it's got like um I think they're raised wheels for it. Like Yeah, they raise or vultures cool or something. They're definitely a Japanese market wheel on a golf sport wagon, which is kind of a cool look. So it's a very cool look. I know oh, I saw a, it like, and I was like, ah, I want a wagon again. <laughs> yeah, there was a lowered all track there with like big wheels, Porsche brakes. I'm like, uh no, no, it's very don't cool. Do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> Great until wintertime comes. Yeah, I'm like, the car is practical and I need it to be like that. Yep. Again, so that's we'll that whole use case it. thing, right? You have, a, you have a use case and if you change it, your use case goes away. And now you don't need that car anymore because it just becomes a garage queen like everything else. So use case, use case, use case. It'll probably be the last car that I ever buy that has a manual and is gas powered. So as a new car, like like brand new car, so you know, I'll probably keep it forever and maybe someday it yeah. gets like a big turbo and lowered when I don't need it anymore. Yeah, when it be becomes daily. not needed for use case and you have extra space and it's yeah. fine. So or it becomes Marco's first car. Because it is like a little crazy that you can just swap like the turbo off of the Golf R yep. and do like a downpipe and a clutch, and it's like 350 horsepower. Sure. Which That's in good. 2023 is not a big number. It's not, but it still is. No, it certainly is. And I forget who I was talking about this with the other day. Like it used to be, you know, and we've talked about this probably ad nauseum that, you know, if you had a high 14 second car you had a pretty quick car and now when you can go to this dealership and buy nine second cars off the floor the numbers are obviously skewed a little bit but to the the butt dyno the seat of the pants feel you know a special 350 horsepower car still feels a lot cooler than you know a boring 350 horsepower toyota sedan or whatever maybe not toyota sedan but trying to think of something like a like a bmw three series nowadays is probably 350 horsepower it doesn't feel special because it's regular traffic but if you put 350 horsepower in a car it's supposed to have 250 horsepower it feels more special maybe i don't think you've driven a lot of new stuff that's fast (laughs) like i have but they still feel fast they feel fast but you're so insulated from the experience and i think that that golf has just enough and pardon the turn of phrase here, but shitboxness, which is not in a negativeness. It, it means compared to like a new car, like <laughs> it feels still kind of like an old car. Like if you, I'm, I'm trying to say it's not being negative about the car. Cause it's not, a I don't No, I think you're very, very wrong actually. Cause you haven't, you don't drive a lot of new cars. Like, okay. Uh, Stephanie's car is incredibly slow. It is like 150 horsepower is very, very slow for a modern car. Sure. Like it, I don't it's so much. It's the same horsepower as my G20 with probably a thousand pounds on it. I think what I'm trying to say, though, Andrew, is the Volkswagen still has an old car feel about it. While being a very nice car, it has an old car feel to it because it feels l- less 
I don't know. In, in my newer car experience, I've driven some newer cars that I just don't enjoy them, but I do still enjoy that Volkswagen experience. Well, I find it to be a lot quieter than a lot of cars I've driven that are new cars that are cheap cars. It has the least of the cheap car-ness to it. And maybe I'm comparing to not cheap cars. Maybe I've just only driven nicer new cars. I don't know, but something about it just feels right. And maybe it's because Volkswagen was so far ahead of themselves, everybody else, that I don't think there's a super big difference between like your 2018 Golf from my 2001 Golf. I, I feel like the the fit, finish, feeling, quality, sound, smells, experience is all very familiar to me, having driven a 2001 Golf and a 2002 Jetta and a 2001 Audi A4. It has that same... It still feels like a car from that era, I think is where I'm going with it. Something about it just seems right. Maybe it's the familiarity of it being all Volkswagen stuff. I don't know, but something about the car feels different to me. And I don't like many new cars. And I like that car. Yeah. But you're right. I don't drive new cars, so fine. What do A- I know? Anything over 300 horsepower is still fast. Sure. It doesn't matter how... it's. It doesn't even feel that... Even if it's quieter, you still have the acceleration... I guess I'm not sure why there's something I'm not, I'm not hitting on exactly here and it'll come to me, but there's something that makes it cooler than just your average modern sedan that has 300 plus horsepower. And I'm just not quite sure what it is. Maybe it's a size. Maybe it's just a good size because it's not too big. I don't know. Something about it. I'll get there. A BMW sport wagon with the turbo six is going to feel really fast. Sure, but it's not going to have that same feeling to me that your car does. I I think you're wrong. I think it would feel they're they're quite nice and sporty. I don't know. I haven't driven a three series wagon since I drove a whatever the diesel was a few years back, and it was a nice car, but it just felt like a big kind of big car. And your car doesn't feel that way. Maybe, maybe it does come down to that. Maybe it's size. I, I don't know. I'll, I'll think of a better reason for it. There's just something about your Volkswagen, my old Volkswagen. It just had some of that old car charm to it still, and I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the fairly thin pillars. I don't know. Something about it feels right. And something I feel lost in other new cars I've driven, I don't feel in that car. So, I don't yeah, know. I, I don't know. It just... Personal preference. The difference when you go from... You know, even it was the car had 20 more horsepower stock to stock to the cross track. And now it's like with the tune, it's over 200. Like the difference was shocking how much quicker it was. Sure. And, and I get it. Like, you know, I spent all winter and spring driving mostly the Corolla and the Colt and both cars are painfully slow. The Corolla rides like trash. The Colt rides better than the Corolla and it feels like a Cadillac comparison. But I got back into the Eclipse the other day because the weather started getting warm and it had air conditioning and I drove it to and from work and I was like, man, this is like, this is the world's nicest car. So it's amazing how quickly you can be skewed because the 1990 Eclipse, sorry, 93 Eclipse 
is not the world's nicest car. Just in comparison to the other garbage I've been driving, it's a very nice insulated car. So you're right. Yeah, I'm probably skewed. Stockholm's, I've got, yeah, you've got like Stockholm syndrome there. Yeah, it sounds it sounds like it. But whatever. I still love my old garbage and I'm not changing. So suck it thoughts and reasonableness. I'll be fine. Speaking of the eclipse, I got something cool the other day. Okay. I got the original 1990 Mitsubishi full line press kit from a friend. Well, yeah. So it has like a little letter from whoever the president of Mitsubishi North America was in the front. And then it has a little breakdown of each car coming out that year. And then after each like section and each breakdown, it has a little bit of technical information about each car. Uh, unfortunately, it's 1990s. So there's no Galant VR4, only a Galant GSX. But there is the Eclipse um, GS, GST, and GSX. And in the back, it has these like glossy, you know, eight and a half by eleven sheets with the actual black and white press photos of the time. And it came with a full sheet of all the 1990 official Mitsubishi slides, like the official photography slides for, from all the ads. So I have a slide of that iconic 1990 Eclipse red, like side, the like three quarter front side shot. The one that like made me want my car and made me want to put the factory 15 inch wheels on it. The picture that was in yeah. all the ads. I have the original slide of that now so we can create like a hmm. huge print of it if you wanted to. <laughs> so super cool. And there's, it's funny because I, I was looking at this press kit and thinking about how modern the eclipse was in 1990 compared to other cars that were out. And just amongst the Mitsubishi lineup in 1990, like the eclipse and the Galant seem super modern compared to the 1990 Montero, which was still the first gen Montero. And the Mitsubishi van, which was just called van, you know, and they also at the time had the second generation Mighty Max pickups were also all those those cars all had date their roots back to the early 80s, late 70s. And this Eclipse and Gallant seemed so extra fancy compared to them and being from the same manufacturer. But it is kind of striking seeing the 1990 Eclipse in a line next to the 1990 Montero and just how far removed they are from one another. But it's a cool piece of memorabilia that I'm super stoked that my friend Jeff got for me. Um, I think he went to the official launch in 1990 and he's been sitting on it ever since. So I was helping him clean some stuff out of his garage and he's like, I thought you want this. And I was like, you're, you are 100% right that I want that. <laughs> so that's that's pretty cool. I probably try to make some kind of prints of some sort with those uh, those slides. I'm sure I could. I gotta figure it out. They make like USB slide readers, I assume, right? Like a scanner. Yeah, or if you get a flatbed scanner, it probably came with an adapter for slides. I don't have one, so I'll figure something. Oh, really? I thought Naomi had one. Maybe she does. I don't know. We don't have like a proper home computer setup area. Everything gets put away and taken out when we have to use it. So I think we do have a flatbed somewhere. Yeah, they usually have a plastic insert. And you can put negatives and you can put slides and you just tell it there's a setting because a negative is literally a negative and it sure. will convert to a positive when you scan it. Right. But a, a 
slide is a positive, positive. negative. <laughs> that <Right>. makes sense. <laughs> positive because it's because it's actually it's actually the piece of film. I don't know how they make copies. Actually, I'm, that's interesting to me because clearly they didn't shoot the same picture a hundred times or whatever. Well, I'm sure they make a slide from a negative. No, slide film is slide is when you use slide film, they cut the slide film up and that's what you get. And they put it in those, they used to put it in those cardboard squares. Right. But they must be it's a, a way. positive. It's a positive. Um, oh, I'm forgetting because it's been a while. It's like a positive exposure is what it's called. Okay. I think. Well, nonetheless, I have a bunch of them, and uh, I'll do something with them at some point, sometime. But in the meantime, I took a couple of pictures of them, and I'll share them on our Instagram page now that I've talked about it here. So, pretty stoked on it. But other than that, I haven't done a ton of car stuff myself either. Um, had a pretty busy weekend doing other stuff. I did manage to change the oil in Naomi's daily. That's not really a project car update. That's just a Hyundai Sonata oil change. Uh, I also managed to fix, I think I told how I broke the wiring for the auxiliary fan on the Corolla. I fixed that. I have not rewired everything yet. I just made it drivable again. Um, and that's pretty much it. Didn't do much else. Clean the garage again. Cause that's an ever ever fighting process but yeah that's it there was no other car stuff this past week other than cleaning and maintaining so i do have appointment to get the exhaust fixed on the mercor this week so that'll be big because i can't even drive the car now the exhaust falling off so oh fell off totally yeah i don't understand it's like it's missing a hanger but there's no place where a hanger used to be i don't know if it was just like tucked away right that it stayed for a while and now I can't get it tucked back in that same position. So the one of the things that I don't like working on is exhaust if I don't have like a bolt-on exhaust kit because obviously I don't have piping benders and all that stuff here at the house. Um, there is an exhaust shop behind my current place of employment and the guy's a pretty big enthusiast so he knows exactly what I'm looking for. So he's going to reposition the exhaust, add a new hanger if necessary, and get rid of that big, like, three and a half, four inch chrome exhaust tip. And either put, you know, like a nice two and a half inch single non-polished tip or a pair of polished tips. So see whatever kind of works out the best. But it's going to look significantly better when he's all done with it. Put it that way. I'm not changing the sound because I'm happy with how it sounds. I just literally want it to not fall out of the car and not have that kind of turned down four inch tip on the back that looks kind of goofy so that's step number one and then uh, i get to the parts that we had talked about when you were out here to test the boost on the car but i want to be able to drive the car without the exhaust falling off so i can do that properly so we're getting somewhere with it and then you charge the ac in it too because it was, it was warm the other day but we'll get there yeah, so the, the plan is in motion. So, and then depending on how the exhaust comes out on that car, uh, with my like test car with him, he's going to do the Corolla right after that. So, make that so it's a reasonable sound to drive the car around. 
and leave it idling in my driveway in the morning when I'm leaving for work without waking up all the neighbors at 7 30 in the morning. So big stuff, big stuff coming as, uh, as our friend Scott would say, big stuff coming. And we've got pedantic corrections. We do. Yes, we do. I'll leave them uh, off because I didn't load them up. You, well, I really, I think it's only the one. You were talking about the Skip Barber Motorcycle Museum, but it's not. It's just the barber. Yeah, no Skip. No Skip. And I said it was a racing museum, and apparently it's a motorcycle museum. I will still go on a limb and say it is a racing museum because there are race cars there too. But it, it is correct that it is certainly concentrated on motorcycles. Doesn't make it any not cooler to be there. It looks amazing, even if it's just on motorcycles, just because there's so many historic racing motorcycles in the museum. So, yeah, I always went to a Skip Barber, but it's Barber Motorsports Park, which is not related to Skip Barber. So, I guess it's something my brain just did because I don't know, you hear Barber, you think Skip Barber, right? I guess, yeah. Anyway, yeah, so that's it. Nothing else in the world of cars. So I think we have a plan for this, the rest of this, the rest of this episode, Andrew. Let's do some. To, uh, to keep the masses entertained. Craig, Craig, don't tell me. Craig, Craig, don't tell me. Yep. Would you like to start, Andrew? So the rules of the game, we find a ad on the internet. Uh, Craigslist is obviously the the name of the game, but it's not the only place we can find an ad. Read the description of the vehicle without any hints that give away what it is too much. So like if the thing says like 1972 Chevy Chevelle, we don't obviously read that. We'd say blank, blank, blank. And then the other party has to guess what the car is. And if they guess what the car is without being told, then they win. And what do they win, Andrew? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. So someday we'll come up with a prize. But I don't know how we'd even give it. Can we give you other prizes? We have to have like audience participation to get a prize, I think. Maybe yeah, more no, like fine. stump stump the stump the a lot of off-topic hosts. I don't know, we'll get there. All right. So do you want to start or want me to start? Uh, I'll start. I got a warm-up one. I think you'll get this pretty easily. Okay. Um, all right. This is pretty good. I'm going to see this car afterwards because it's kind of cool looking. Um, all right. Solid California body with original dark brown metallic paint. Stripe added. Fresh Summit Racing 350 325 horse balanced crate engine. Oh, okay. TCI Turbo 350 Trans with shift kit. 2500 stall converter. Two and a half inch stainless flow master exhaust off headers. New Edelbrock. Edelbrock. Uh, oh, it's spelled wrong. It's, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, AVS 2 650 CFM carb. Edelbrock, spelled correctly. Uh, 
aluminum performer intake, Morozo frame connectors, BM BNM Z gate shelter, Griffin aluminum radiator, new gas uh, tank, sending unit, all new brakes, calipers, rotors, drums, wheel cylinder, hoses, and pads, new Bilstein shocks, and windshield. What do you think? Can you read the first sentence again? Solid California body with original dark brown metallic paint. Okay. So it has subframe connectors and a 350. Yeah. Doesn't see what year it is. But my assumption is that it's going to be a GM vehicle. Yeah. Um, I'm picturing early to mid 70s. Um, and I'm picturing the only vehicles that would have subframe connectors that I can picture in a metallic brown from the era are a Z28 or a Nova. And I'm not sure which way to go with it. Uh, I don't know if they... Yeah. I'm going to go and say Z28 on the first one, like a 78. Oh, you are painfully close. 79. So close. Am I going away or getting closer? Or getting closer. You're getting closer. So it's an 80 Z28. <laughs> Almost. How old are you? It's an 81 Z28. <laughs> well, it's an F body. Okay. So it's Trans Am. So uh, Firebird. It doesn't, say, it doesn't say Trans Am. It just says Firebird. It's interesting that it has a 350. Yeah, they just swapped it in. Oh, that's that's what you're going for. Yeah, it's like... That's why you were going with GM uh, Chevy. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. So well, Pontiac might they might have had one that came with the three fifty, but I don't think they did. I think it was like a four hundred eighty one five. They would have done a four hundred. Mm, you're gonna make me. They would have done their special Pontiac engine in nineteen eighty one. Four hundred one with a turbo in eighty one, and then huh. maybe still a four fifty five. Yeah, I don't think there was a 350, though. But anyway, it was an 81 tra- a Firebird. Yep. And it's brown, so I like it. Is it the same color as my dad's? Uh, so brown. half of it is. Sort of. Oh. Okay. It's actually, I think this is more like a golden brown. It's pretty brown. I'll send you it afterwards. All right, I'd, I'd like to know. So, uh, it did come with the 350 at one point. I'm just not sure what years it did. I know what we should do is like a week after we play this game, we'll share these in the Discord, like links to them. Because okay, I don't want to do it before the episode comes out because that ruins the episode. <laughs> but what we should do is like wait a week if you haven't I listened. Said, in a I week, said. I said 401. I meant yep. 301, by the way. 301. Is not up to 301. Yeah. Huh. So I think I think that in 81, based on what I can find right now, it was either a 301 or a 305 for the options. So a 350 was definitely dropped in there as an update. So anyway. Excellent. I got pretty close without being there. I was picturing either like my dad's Camaro or a Nova with like a quarter yellowish gold vinyl top over brown metallic paint. 
Those are my two thoughts, man. I wasn't sure there was enough to get you there, but the subframe connector has really clued you in there. That's what I got it with, yep. So I knew it was a unibody car with subframes. So. All right, ready for your first one? That was pretty quick, actually. So, All right, this is a blank, 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 blank. First sentence, not giving things away. These cars are coming up in the world. I've been following them on online auction sites. They are going crazy. This one is super clean inside and out. Under the hood is the engine, which they used in Mexico. An overhead valve four-cylinder. U.S. spec cars got overhead cam engines. Black vinyl interior is in great condition. If you could call it a flaw, the grill looks a little not straight. Maybe it's just an optical illusion. I can't tell. The three-spoke steering wheel is not stock, but fits well on this car. I love the fact that it still has the original wheel covers in place. The color will get eyes at any car show you go to. You need this car in your garage. If you would like one of these cars, I can get one for you in a variety of colors. Either a four-door, two-door, or a wagon. Contact me. I'll find the one you want. Remember, generally, rust is not an issue with Mexican cars. I offered door-to-door shipping, which is paid upon the arrival, with the exception of a small deposit. Please contact me if you would like more information. Now, I realize there's not a lot of info about this particular car. And no. Thing, but I mainly read it to you because I wanted you to hear the description. And uh, if you had any thoughts at all, maybe give me a thought. But I wanted to I'm, know your thoughts based on that description. Is this a car that if I give him a small deposit, I will not get my money back? I was going to say. Or will I wind a, up with a car from Mexico? Are you scamming me over like a Ford Pinto? No, it's cooler than that. Don't forget, it is going crazy on auction sites. Uh, and he's not wrong on that one. Um, what the Mexican spec. Crazy? So Mexican spec so is it, an overhead valve four-cylinder. Overhead valve four-cylinder. So it's antiquated. I'm not giving you much four cylinder and it's uh, but it's going crazy on auction sites. The US spec car is with the overhead cam four cylinder and it came in a coupe sedan and wagon. I didn't say coupe. I said two door. Okay, so a two door. It did come in. It uh, did come in a coupe. It was never available in North America in a coupe. Only a two door sedan. A oh four door sedan. Oh, 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 okay. All right. Uh, 510. Nailed it. <laughs> so this is an yes. ad for an aqua blue, kind of like a Tiffany blue 510 station wagon, which looks pretty clean, you know, except for the optical illusion of a bent grill, I think. Maybe. I can't tell. Um, I'm still, I'm not clear on what I'm, what I'm doing here. Uh, Door-to-door shipping, which paid upon arrival with the exception of a small deposit. I never COD for car delivery. So, well, look, <laughs> so shipping is COD. When you get cars delivered, you pay when the car arrives. So I'm not sure if he's talking uh, about just the delivery of the car, or if he's talking about, am I paying for the whole car when it arrives? 
Oh, I I paid. Or am like, I just giving him a deposit? I paid my whole thing up front anything. when I had my truck shipped. Interesting. I've usually paid when the car gets here. No. Yeah. And I've shipped a lot of cars, and I've always paid when the car got there. Well, truck weird. gets there, yeah. you sign your paperwork, you give them a credit card or cash, and move on. Oh, no, I've never done that. I've only done it once. I've never time. not done that. <laughs> and I've shipped, I don't know, six cars, <laughs> five, six cars. I've always paid on delivery. Anyway, um, so that's where we're at. We have a 510 in Mexico. If you would like one of these cars, he can get you one for a variety of colors. So, but don't forget, Mexican cars do not have rust, according to this guy. I mean, if you're just going to do a resto mod to it, you really just need the body. So, yeah, no, honestly, I, this car is not a good enough deal to take the risk on whatever this ad is. Um, but. Yeah, there's some other cars that are listed by the same seller that uh, would make me think about uh, taking a little bit of a risk. Not going to lie. I want some of these cool Mexican cars because there's actually some pretty sweet stuff down there. Just don't know what you're actually getting until you get it. That's the problem. So, Yeah, it's um, maybe he's making his money another way. That's how he well, gets my- here. My guess, no, that's <laughs> you get some. You're gonna get some tuck and roll stuffed with horse manure. Yeah. Um, my guess is this is an American slash Mexican citizen who is able to be down there purchasing cars, and you know doesn't actually own any of these cars. He just takes them off of like whatever the Mexican equivalent of Craigslist is. And relists them here, and it's like, "Hey, I found this car. I can get it to you for X, Y, Z. And if he wants nine grand for it, that means it's probably you know six grand down there or something." I mean, this is my guess. I I, I could be wrong, but all the cars listed like different background pictures, and a lot of his information is like, it "Looks like it's good. Could be an optical illusion. Oh, I don't know." Yeah. Like, so he's not actually there with the car, so. I don't know, though. I mean, if I had like enough extra cash to not care about losing a couple of bucks, I might try it once. <laughs> Fool me once, right? Shame on me. <laughs> yeah. So I'll send you a link to this guy's stuff. It's actually pretty interesting. Uh, but anyway, moving on. All right. Here we go. We've got. All right. Sale pending. So don't get your hopes up. Damn. Good condition. Blank, 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 2.8 NA, automatic, front-wheel drive, power everything, interior is super nice, engine runs awesome, shifts great, Yokohama tires, recently passed inspection, timing belt done at 120,000 miles. Seems late. BBS wheels, paint in great shape, comes with all original owner's manuals. You're not giving me a lot again. What was the very beginning sentence? I think I missed it again. 2.8 NA automatic front wheel drive. Okay. So uh, BBS wheels. It's a Passat. Uh, no. 2.8 automatic front wheel drive. Yep. 2.8 is a VR6. 
Uh, sure. I don't know if it is. I'm thinking, I'm thinking it is, but now you said, I don't know. So that means it's definitely a Volkswagen. So if it is a Volkswagen with 2.8, that would be a VR6. With the BBSs, the 2.8 VR6 would have come in a Golf GTI, a Corrado, and a Passat. So Corrado is weird to see with a VR6 with an automatic. Golf kind of is too, but I'm going to go with a Golf, like a 96 Golf. Nope. Am I way off? You're not way off. Hmm. Not a 96 Golf. Not a Golf. Nope. I mean, I guess it could be a non-VR6. I think that the A4 also came with a 2.8 six-cylinder. That was not. That was a regular V6 2.8. So I guess it could be a B5 Audi A4. Again, so close. Or A6. Not quite. But not. Now you're confusing me. Yeah, not much to go on. No, I mean, I got, I got the. It sounds like I got the ownership group right. It's a, it's a, a Vag Group car. Yeah, it's a Vag product. Um, and depending on what year it is, the two point eight is either a V six or a VR six. Um, yeah, that, that'd be golf. pretty big for a four cylinder, I guess. So. Yeah, it's not a Golf, and it's not a Passat, and it's not an A four. I said Corrado, and you didn't flinch in your words, so I don't think it's a. Corrado. I guess it could also be a Vanagon. Nope. Weird with BBSs, but not possible. I've listed like every product that would have come with a 2.8 liter V6. Uh, not quite, because you have got BBSs. it. So. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> oh, man. I guess it could be a Beetle. Not a Beetle. Not a Golf. Not a Beetle. Not a Passat. Not an A4. Not an A6. There's no there's no 2.8 liter A5s because they were later. They would have been 3 liters. Uh, I guess, I mean, the only thing I haven't said, I said Van. Well, I guess a cabrio is not a golf. It could be a cabrio, but that would be nope, almost not cheating. That either. Golf is almost the same. Oh, oh, I'm dummy. Okay. It's a TT. No. No? What's <laughs> even left? I've given you an entire 2.8 liter powered VAG group catalog. What's what's earlier? What's before an A4? With a 2.8 liter? Yeah. Uh, a 90? Yeah, what comes after a 90? Uh, what comes after a 90? An A4. <laughs> nope. Well, not after 90, but bigger than 90 was a 100. There you go. Wow, that was a reach. 1992 Audi 100, 
and a automatic front wheel drive in Salem Mass. Color is it? White. Figures. Twenty two fifty. That's. Uh, I'm actually mad at myself because I listed. Like, I, 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 yeah. That's a V6, not a VR6, by the way. Okay. But this would be before an A4. It would be, yeah. And that's a bigger car. A4? It's, it's like not 97. First A4 was 97. 97. But I don't think, and maybe I'm going to say something out of place here, but. When you said later than a 90, I think it confused me because a 90 is just a smaller version of the same generation as a 100. The 100 would be like the A5 later on. Uh, yeah, I probably should have said what number comes after 90. Yeah, because I think, but I mean, listen, but, and this is, I'm not blaming you at all at this bit of Andrew, because that was like guest number 400. So I should have gotten it by that anyway. I clearly already lost and I was just listing Volkswagens that had 2.8 liters. And I just didn't get there, which was impressive. So, but you you missed this one. I missed the only one that counted. So the whole world knows that I know what Volkswagens came with two point eight liters, except for that one. So, see, to yeah. me, are, are you Audi a parts catalog? Audi didn't exist. Yes, <laughs> and he's editing. Audi didn't exist after four thousand and before B five. Like yeah. that whole generation of Audi from like 1988 to 1996 is a little mysterious because there was, uh, with the exception of maybe the Quattro Coupes that came out in the mid 90s, those were kind of cool. And I mean, honestly, even the 2.2 liter five cylinder sedans were cool. It's just they're a bit of a mystery to me because I've never gone down that road. I don't think they sold that well, or they sold that many here. Like they weren't. I well, that was during the unintended, unintended acceleration stuff. Yeah, which was all obviously you know a put on by the sixty minutes or whatever news program it was that did that. But that was a whole that really hurt Audi at that time. Plus, they had a couple of reliability issues in the early nineties that really, really hurt their reputation. And it wasn't until the B five generation of cars came around that they really started to to be something again. And it's because, you know, a B5, A4 nowadays, and I say B5, like a chassis code, like everybody knows what it is. And that would aggravate me if I was on the other end. But a B5 is the generation that came out in 1997. And you think of up through the early 2000s, the S4s, super popular ones. Those are all B5 generation A4s. But in 2023, that car looks kind of pedestrian like it's a very good looking car it's a very normal looking car but in 1997 when that car came out it was considered controversial like everybody was like what is this jelly bean and you either loved it or you hated it and it was a huge divide in people and it kind of was like the beginning of that style design that became a normalcy through the 2000s but audi was really the first one to do it and it was pretty controversial when it came out I always loved it. I wanted one from the day they came out. And, you know, I, I had that 01 A4 for a while. So I, I do love those cars. But, yeah, that whole, it's like a lost generation of Audis for me in the 90s. But I'm glad we got there. It took a little bit, but, hey, there we are. All right, it's your turn. All right. This is a lot of info. She should be good. 
I'm selling my blank. This has been a great car. I've owned it since 2017. Car has been senior driven to church and car shows. Car is a Wedgwood blue with velour split bench blue interior. Has just under 94,000 miles with maintenance always a priority. Recently had new AC system installed and it worked great. Parentheses cost almost 3K. Close parentheses. New starter in 2022. Car runs and drives great. Has power steering. Four-wheel disc brakes. 460 V8. And a C6 automatic transmission. Power windows and door locks. Work great. Paint and body. Great shape. No rust. Correct rims, center caps, and good tires. As any car of this age, there are some issues. As follows. Headliner has a tear. Uh, aftermarket gauges for fuel, oil, and water pump. Mirrors are intact, but hard to adjust. Dash is cracked. Dash cover installed. Vinyl top replaced in 2018. Please respond to the link. $9,000 or best offer. Uh, like, uh, blue velour split bench, blue interior. 68 Chrysler New Yorker. Uh, I think you lost it there at 460 V8 with C6 automatic transmission. Okay, so that's not Chrysler, that's Ford? That is Ford, yes. All right, darn. I was like, it's either Chrysler or Ford. The C6 should be a dead giveaway because numbers of cubic inches can go a little wild here and there, but C6 means Ford automatic. I never heard of it. Um, All right. So then it's like, it's going to be a, I'm going to say it's a 70 Continental. You're getting closer, but you're not there. All right. Um, we talked about Tomica cars earlier. One of the first Tomica cars sold in the United States was a replica of this car in blue with a white vinyl top. Um, and I had it as a Ford, child. <laughs> Ford Fairlane? No. Nope. You were correct. I'll give you this. You had the correct manufacturer on your last guess. All right. Uh, what, are there, what are the Lincoln models? The model was wrong? The model was wrong. Mm. And the year. Let's put it this way. This 460 V8 probably made 125 horsepower. Oh, gosh. I don't know, like, 60s Lincolns other than the Continental. Well, if it's a 460 V8 that made 100 and something horsepower, it's probably not a 60s car. Okay. All right. So it's like an 85 town car. You've gone too far. I'm thinking I'm trying to give you this one here. It sounds like you don't know the models of Lincolns other than Continental. <laughs> no, I don't. All right. <laughs> what, what else exists? It's a car or a Continental. So there were a few others. Um, the Versailles. The, was that uh, one? Bobcat oh, was a Versailles. Mercury. The Versailles was a Lincoln. That's not what this one is either. Um, this one here is the series, the, the Mark series of Lincolns. Uh, in 1978, oh. they were at Mark V. 
So oh, this is a okay. 1978 Mark V Lincoln. Um, these here were the hidden headlight Lincolns with the fake Continental kit bubble in the trunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can picture it now. Most of them had a vinyl top. Uh, they actually go for a ton of money when they're in clean condition with low miles on them. When I worked at the auction company, we sold countless of these in the $30,000 range. I don't know why, because there is not many, there are not many redeeming qualities of this vehicle, but here we are. So this is very malaise. Yeah, it's so malaise. I'm, I'm getting malaise just looking at it. But this one here at 9500 bucks, with its minor flaws, like a crack in the dash, uh, I think is actually a pretty sweet deal if you have the, you know, hankering for one of these Lincolns. Um, but my fondest memory of Lincolns is that Tomica car because I had, for a short period of time in the early 80s, Tomica sold cars here uh, under their series called Pocket Cars. And they were on a cardboard-backed, you know, card, like a Hot Wheels car is today. But the cardboard-backed card was like the size and shape and print of a jean back pocket. And my grandmother in the early 80s worked as the cook at a little diner place called the Willow Rest in Gloucester. And they had a little, like, convenience store in the front, and they sold the Tomica, the Tommy Pocket Cars by Tomica there. And I got this little blue Lincoln from her store. So, and I still have it. So, but it was this, this, this kind of Lincoln. I think it was a 77, but whatever. Anyway, that's where we're at. Do you have another one for me, Andrew? I do. All right. All right. <clears throat> Third and final brag. Here we go. Blank, blank from California again. When I bought it, it had not been registered since 1979. See, I know it's old. Engine is a rebuilt 67283 with a power pack heads and four jet carb. Has four speed short throw shifter. New clutch setup. New complete exhaust. New wheel cylinders. Blah, 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 blah. Has convertible top bows with new dash pad. Not installed. And new seat covers. New gas tank. Car is currently registered in my name, being driven around, plus I have new carpet coming. We'll deduct $500 to keep the Craggers and put on Steelies. What year is this Power Pack 283? 67. 67 to 83? Yeah. Hmm. This car is actually kind of cool, and I would drive it as is. 283 Power Pack, so it's GM. Uh, power pack wouldn't see 67 power pack. I think power pack, I think 57 Chevy, 58 Chevy, you know, that was the carburetor options and stuff in the fifties. It wasn't the mm-hmm. power pack. Wasn't really a thing that was advertised in the late sixties. And, and maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think it was 283 is not a big motor for 67. Um, in fact, I don't know that it was a motor in 67, <laughs> So 327 would have been the smaller maybe this is a 283 and 67 but it only would have come in like like a base Impala SS or something because the smallest Camaro V8 would be a 327 smallest Corvette V8 would have been a 327 
Maybe a Nova? I don't think so. Um, it is not much goes in the year of the car. Again, I hear Power Pack. It's an Impala or a Bel Air of some era Chevy. I can't get the year based on what you gave me because there isn't anything other than the 67 engine. So it's probably a pre-67 car. So uh, what's the price point? 39300 $39,000? Yeah. So this is a 57 Chevy. No. Would you hang up on me? No, I'm just thinking. <laughs> um, it is as iconic, I guess. As iconic as a 57 Chevy? So it's a yeah. 64 Impala. Uh, no, but, you know, you're getting there. 63 Impala. No. I would say the 64 Impala is almost as iconic as the 57 Chevy simply because of lowrider culture. I don't think anything else GM made at that time would be as iconic as a 57 Chevy. Well, I'm thinking more of what says America. The biggest, most excessive vehicle on the planet. So a 59 Impala? No. I don't like your hints today, Andrew. Not helping me. <laughs> What's his American Pies, baseball, and... Apple Pie? Yeah. Chevrolet baseball and apple pie. That's literally the... The thing I got, I got Chevrolet already based on two eighty three V eight, right? And fifty seven Chevy's not what it is, so fifty seven. Oh, it's a Corv- Corvette. Yeah. Okay. So now I'm a little more lost. It's a sixty two Corvette, right? Which could have come with a two eighty three, but. But, well, yeah, it's got a rebuilt 67 283. Uh, yeah. Who knows if it's the right engine that's in it? Probably not. Um, well, I mean, it's not the right engine because it's a 62 car out of 67 engine. I just, I, I'm not saying there was not a 283 in 67, but there was not a 283 Corvette in 67, to my knowledge. And I could be totally wrong, but I don't know why I missed Corvette. I was thinking bigger car, and 39 grand seems cheap for a 62 Corvette. It must be pretty ratty. It's pretty ratty. It's kind of cool this way. Yeah, they are cool that way. I would totally drive a ratty Corvette of that that era. So, I mean, they were kind of ratty to begin with. Yeah, they're not great cars. So it makes sense to have one. I mean, we know. talked about this before. When you see one that's unrestored, like they're not that nice. All right, 283 was 57 to 67, so it was the last year of the 283. So we'll go with it. I don't know what it was available in in 67, but. I don't either. But anyway, uh, I think that's. Give me all the ones you had. I have one more for you. That's more for fun than anything else. Actually, I have have one good one and one fun one. Um, Okay. All right. This is a blank, blank, blank with 187,000 original miles. Cool. Barely broken in. Detroit Diesel Series 50 
Okay. ZF transmission. Okay. Wraparound seating for 43 passengers. All right. 5,000 watts of sound system. <laughs> Great AC and heating. Backup alarm. Air brakes. 22 and a half inch alloy wheels. Um, Vehicle length. 35 feet. It's going to be like an 80s Eagle. Uh, I don't know what brand it is. And this is the, the whole thing here. I, I, this was kind of funny, and I figured you'd get somewhere near it because you're, you know, uh, son of Busman. Uh, that's his superhero name, if you didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. um, so apparently it's a... I'm not, I'm not going to guess it. I just saw it, and I was like, Andrew should get somewhere near, near this. It's a 1993 Gillig Phantom bus. Manufactured by yeah, the Gillig Corp in Hayward, California. So it's a party bus. But, oh. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Okay, I have one more serious one for you because I've got a lot of info and I think you can get it. And just to kind All of... right. All right, last one. Okay, so this is an interesting car because I went on the Phoenix Craigslist and I came up with a car listed in Boston, Massachusetts. Why it's here, nobody knows. Documented, one owner, blank. Powered by the original 2,479cc, 143 horsepower motor with 76,000 original miles. Five-speed manual, factory black on black, still retaining its original gloss black paint. Original leather interior. Factory options include, options include, power steering, power windows, Air conditioning, AM FM cassette with factory Blahpunk stereo. 100% rust free, never seen winter. Runs and drives excellent. That's it. That's it? That's a lot of info. 2,479cc, 143 horsepower motor, five speed manual, optional air conditioning, optional power steering. Optional power windows. 2,400 cc, four-cylinder. 2,479 cc, which is just shy of 2,500 cc's. So that would make it a... I don't know what that would be. 2.5. That should be the big giveaway. The engine? I just like that it said... 2,479 cc instead of 2.5 liters. Yeah. I know. I'm trying to think of what would have, what would, is that like a badge that's usually on the car? It is not. Uh, However, there is a certain group of enthusiasts of these cars that now puts a 2.5 liter badge in the center of their back window with a drawing of the engine behind it. What? Yes. It's a very common, very common sticker nowadays in the enthusiast group of these cars. Okay. Uh, is it a Dodge Dart? Uh, it is. No. <laughs> what? No. I, I don't know. A modern Dodge is Dart a, with a, a two point four, two point five liter, one hundred and forty three horsepower. So it's not a modern anything. Uh, it has optional power steering. Okay. Optional okay. power windows. I mean. 
I guess if you were to ask me what modern car had optional power steering and power windows, it would be a Dodge Dart. But it is not that. No. I mean, it's a Dodge Neon, really. Yeah, it is not. It is not that. Always had crank up rear windows. That's true. They did. Uh man, I don't know. <laughs> we're gonna go down the hint, the the real strong hints or real weak hints. Yeah, try me. This has staggered wheels. Staggered wheels. Mm-hmm. Like staggered in width or staggered in height? Staggered in width. I can't think of any car that came north with 2.5 liter and staggered in height. That would be wild. Staggered in width. 2.5? Yes. Is it rear-wheel drive? It is. Oh, I... I don't know. Ooh. I'm like totally stumped. Maybe I'm getting Apparently. tired. I, I'm going to say it's because it's uh, 11 o'clock at night where you are. Sure. Um, recently, you reviewed one of these and did not like it. <laughs> oh. Oh, so it's a 924? No, you not reviewed a 924. It's a 944. It's a 944, yes. <laughs> did you not know Man, the 2.5 When you leaders? describe it that way, it sounds like a terrible car. <laughs> Well, you already told me it was a terrible car. What makes what makes it terrible from that description? Two point five liter, one hundred and forty three horsepower. Yeah, high speed manual. Exactly. Listen, it's a nineteen eighty four. Optional, fine. Optional power steering. Yeah, which my car has none of. But my car is the Euro spec, so it has slightly more than one hundred and forty three horsepower. Oh, I have the Euro spec. Yes. Listen, I'm gonna do Porsche things. In my podcast, and uh, yeah, your Porsche crew neck on, and like I'm wearing my like belt, my Bell Ford uh polo shirt right now, so I don't, I'm not wearing a Porsche crew neck. Sorry, I own a Porsche. I try not to ever say that, I try to always be like the 944, not the Porsche, because I feel like yeah. it's. I feel Naomi, like, let's take the Porsche this weekend. I definitely do say that in the privacy of our own home because it's funny. But in public, I like to say the 944 so people know that I don't have an actual Porsche. I have a gussied up Audi. But it's fine. <laughs> anyway, I'm surprised. I'm actually surprised you didn't get that. I thought you would get that. Especially when I started <laughs> talking about the sticker. Apparently you haven't seen the sticker that the 911 people use. That shows like no. 911 like flat engine. It says like 3.6 in the front of the sticker. Well, they started doing it with the 2.5 liters. It says 944. So what is crying. this giant lump of a sticker in your back window? I'll, I'll have to send you an example of it. <laughs> this sticker is dangerous and inconvenient, but I sure do love my 2.5 engine. It's, it's not that big. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, I don't know. I'll, 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 I'll find a picture and I'll send it to you. I see them all the time at any time I see any kind of gathering of Porsches. So (laughs) anyway, that's where we're at. Maybe someday you'll own a nine 11. Yeah. Thanks. (laughs) All right, Andrew, what's our social medias. All right. You can follow out off topic podcast on Facebook, out off topic on Instagram, you can follow me on Instagram, Erased in Anger. Uh, we've also got Scale Autocast on Instagram. And Brad, what else we got going on? You have to keep me uh, keep me honest with uh, Scale Autocast postings. I haven't done it for a while because we've been 
I've been posting religiously to the Parked on the Block Instagram and the Parked on the Block Twitter, the links to our articles that are being posted on Parked on the Block. So make sure you check that out. I posted today about a amphibious scooter. I don't know if you saw that, Andrew. Um, I did see it. Pretty neat, pretty neat, pretty neat thing. Uh, they can find my personal stuff at TSISS350. And I think that's everything for now. That's everything. Sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. All right. As always, keep cars analog and aim for it.